0: Do you wanna be my new sex toy? <laughs> Got no more double D. Wait, it's not double D, it's just D. <laughs> it's just D battery. I don't even wanna know what toy needs double D. I know
1: apparently you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, uh off the rails right away. Uh welcome to another episode of Screen Fix. I am your host, JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady One. Say hi to everybody. Hello. And back. Returning. The one that we pretty much are sure lives here at least three quarters to six tenths of the time. (laughs) The the
2: fraction struggle.
0: (laughs) Wait, and I think three quarters to six tenths is less? Yeah. Yeah. It somehow went backwards? (laughs) Anyway, math is hard. Pretty sure she lives here. Her hair is wet and this, there's water in the sink. I'm pretty sure she bathed in it, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. She's the best. She is returning favorite, Torpedo. Say hi to everybody, Torpedo. Go.
1: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back.
0: <laughs> and you are back for a special reason. Who is one of your favorite artists in the whole big old wide world?
1: I love Lady Gaga so much.
0: And I think that squealy, whiny adoration <laughs> means one thing. That today we are going to be fixing A Star is Born. Run that trailer, yo. Baby, it's time to let
1: the old ways down. Baby, it's time to let the old.
2: Can I ask you a personal question?
1: Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable.
2: I'll hey. What? I just want to take another look at you.
1: In all the good times, I find myself
0: belonging. All you gotta do is trust me, that's all you gotta do. Star Is Born, directed and co-written by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, Andrew Dice Clay, Rafi Gavron, Anthony Ramos, and Dave Chappelle. Talented people. This was the third remake, so the fourth film telling this particular story uh there was the 1937 version which was directed by william wellman starring janet Gaynor and frederick march and in that version in the original they were uh actors in kind of the golden age of hollywood there was the 1954 version directed by george cukor who also directed my fair lady and the philadelphia story so prestige there it was a comeback vehicle for Judy Garland and it starred of course Judy Garland and James Mason. And in that one those characters are stars of musicals. Then there was the 1976 version directed by Frank Pearson and starring Barbara Streisand and Chris Christofferson. Probably the weakest of the bunch by far, Mm -hmm. I feel I know we did a refresher. We watched all these everybody except you, Torpedo or
1: um I watched the Instagram story. (laughs) Yeah, Someone put up on the Screen Fix Podcast Instagram. (laughs) Lady Wan does the
0: Instagram. (laughs) And then there was this uh, modern version. So we've got Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And uh, in this version, Lady Gaga is a pop star and Bradley Cooper is... uh, uh, What would you say the type of music that Bradley Cooper is playing is?
2: It's like country rock. I would agree. Country rock. Uh,
0: Some kind of like dirty, dirty down south rock.
2: Yeah, like not cheesy commercial country. No, with like a little uh, jam bandy aspects to it.
0: If you were to rank all the versions of this, how would you rank them, Lady Wan?
2: I think I like this new one the most. It's like 1 1A with this and the Judy Garland one, but they feel very different despite it being pretty much the same story. So those are my top two. Um, I did not watch the 37.
0: Yeah, the, the original. Yeah,
2: I didn't watch that one because I have to go to work sometimes, so I didn't have time. But the 76 one is straight trash, man. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. And I feel like like nobody on that movie had a, had a good time on set. Oh, yeah. And it shows.
2: hmm There's, like, no chemistry between Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. And I think he said that, like, he compared the experience of filming the movie to, like, military boot camp as far as how miserable it was. And he said that, like, Barbara Streisand cured him of his desire to make movies. And uh, the director straight up hated her. And she directed some of it because he would just be like, I can't deal with you.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that definitely shows on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I watched them all because that's how dedicated I am to the craft of dedicated screen board. fixing. <laughs> Dedica- I have a life. <laughs> dedicated, <laughs> aka alone and not much going on. Well, here, I mean, we said in the, in the last podcast, it's not that I'm alone and like a loser. I'm just uh, working on myself right mm-hmm. now. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all. I'm just working on myself. I actually liked this one probably the most too but definitely the Judy Garland version they're so different that it's yeah. it's very hard to pick one of these.
2: Yeah, they're totally different.
0: Uh, The Judy Garland version is so special. She, I mean, there's so much emotion in her performance. Mm -hmm. I know the director told her to channel her own life for some of these scenes because uh, she's not playing Norman Maine, but she is Norman Maine. She struggled with substance abuse, uh, rough childhood, unreliable on set at times, like you you couldn't trust whether she was going to be messed up or not. You can read so much into that when you're watching that film and her her, her performance is, is outstanding in fact she lost out on the academy award that year and when she lost Groucho Marx said
2: it was the biggest robbery since Brinks
0: their performance there is amazing I'm gonna go ahead and predict Oscar nominations for both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga what do you think I think so who cares what I think what did the world think why don't you lay on us Lady Wan Lady Wan's fresh hot stats go
2: so, this movie came out October 5th and it opened at number two in the US.
0: Ouch. Behind what? Venom. <laughs> Right, Our last episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it did make 42 million dollars its first weekend, though. and after three and a half weeks, it is up to 130 million in the US. and 75 million dollars overseas for a total of 206 million dollars. And uh, the production budget was only 26 million dollars.
0: What? 26 mo- That's nothing right? when it comes to a movie. Wow. Yeah. Like, did Bradley Cooper work for free? Like, what, what's going I I bet he did, actually. So I'm guessing that, like, 20 million of that went to Lady Gaga, and <laughs> six went to everything else. I don't know. He did say there is no film without Lady Gaga.
2: Oh, totally. Truth.
0: What was the critical and public consensus of... A Star is Born.
2: So this version is 90% fresh, according to critics. Yowza! With 84% of audiences liking it.
0: Everyone likes it.
2: Yeah, just for reference, the 76 one is 35% rotten, because that thing is terrible. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's it's kind of hot (laughs) trash. If you're going to watch all four of the versions, get that one out of the way first yeah and then just like enjoy yourself the 30s version which is a nice one Uh, the 50s version which is gorgeous to look at
2: stunning it's
0: insane stunning it's a stunning film it's so beautiful and then uh enjoy this one for that little emotional gut punch yeah
1: little that was a big huge gut punch
0: (laughs) all right i will admit that i choked up i cried three times you you counted them duh So in a movie, I don't cry usually at those like emotional moments. This is it's terrible. I get choked up when I see a scene where everything that's happening in front of me is so perfect. I get choked up at that.
2: At the artistic achievement? Yes, and uh-huh.
0: sounds so <laughs> stupid. Like it sounds so dumb. But in this movie, <laughs> I already got choked up right in the very beginning of this stupid movie. It's not stupid. I like it. It's so it a good. Lot, but, but, <laughs> like, what are you now I'm about? like, now I'm like mad of like, "What are you embarrassing me in a movie?" So <laughs> But there was a scene where she throws out the trash and she throws out the trash and it pans over and the camera just watches her walking up the alley and the title of the movie slowly comes in in that red writing, which Mm -hmm. actually calls back to the other films. Yes. And I I was immediately choked up Ah. and I was like, Stupid movie. <laughs>
1: I was pumped. I knew it was going to be good after they did that. And yeah. I watched the other movies. Like, I was like, yes.
0: Like, zit. from that opening moment, you knew that this movie was going to be made with, with a lot of reverence, mm-hmm. love, attention to detail, care. It was
2: so perfect.
0: Right there.
2: Also, I just now realized that she's in an alley and her name is Allie. <laughs> Got him. <laughs>
0: well, what do you always say to me? <sighs> so dumb. <laughs>
2: that's fair i will take that one deserved
0: all right so on this show we dive in and we fix but before we dive in and we fix we need to know what this movie was all about just in case you're coming into this podcast a year from now we're gonna give you a quick little refresher summary jc's quick and dirty summary <laughs> do 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 do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm feeling all sing-songy now because I saw Star is Born.
2: You've spent like, what now, 10 hours watching A Star is Born?
0: (laughs) It's been an interesting day and a half.
1: Are you sure that I'm the one that lives in the studio? (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: we're pretty sure. We know by the empty ramen bowls and the dirty pillow.
1: The ramen is made from scratch because I'm an authentic Asian. As we've known from Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) (laughs)
0: our very own crazy rich asian if you're so rich why are you sleeping here
2: what if i own the studio think about that then can we talk about the vending machine
0: (laughs) those cheetos are still stuck
1: still there that's on purpose trying to get healthy here (laughs) healthy initiatives we're gonna be a fit company (laughs) we're all gonna play rugby
0: (laughs) you do own this place don't you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so this film starts with Jackson Maine, played by Bradley Cooper. He is uh, getting ready to perform to an audience at a big stadium. He takes a few pills. Pills? do I say <laughs> pills? <laughs> takes a few pills. Where am I from with that? <laughs> but he takes some pills. He sings the song Black Eyes. Everybody loves him, whatever. But he's willing to like hold it together while he's playing. But then we flash to Allie, who is working at some kind of restaurant. Place. She's breaking up with someone on the phone, and her boss sucks. And Jack finishes the show, but he doesn't want to go home. He wants to go to a bar. He goes to a bar. It's a drag bar, and at that drag bar, he meets Ramon, who is Ally's best friend. And Ally is performing on the stage, La Vie and Rose. Oh, my God. She dances on the bar and stuff, and she lays down, and they have this moment, boom, where they lock eyes, their eyes make love in the air to each other. <laughs> so uh, they meet each other backstage. They end up going to get a drink. They have this eventful night together where she punches somebody who is kind of being a jerk to him at a bar, and he puts peas on her hand and learns more about that she can not only sing, but she can also write songs. Next day, uh, his driver is there coercing her to go to his sh- one of his shows that he's got. She ends up going to work. The boss sucks. She goes to the show. He has arranged the song that she sang in the parking lot the night before. She gets on stage. She sings it. It's a YouTube sensation. Her dad, Andrew Dice Clay, loves it. They also say that Jack hasn't performed that well in years. He looks so happy and his performance was had more chutzpah. So basically after that point Allie is going on tour with him, singing all the time with him. During one of the shows, he has her play solo a song on the on the piano. The crowd loves it. They go Allie, Allie, Allie and then this famous pop agent uh, approaches her. He's going to make her a star. She tells Jack about it. He puts cake in her face. Uh she's off on this new adventure making pop songs. Jackson Maine keeps on touring. He's drinking. He's binging. He ends up at Dave Chappelle's house somehow. Allie shows up because she's like, where is he? Because he wasn't at her first performance. And they get married. Jackson also has a brother and he confronts the brother about a bunch of childhood stuff. Punches him. Brother quits. Allie goes on. She's a big giant star. Jackson needs to go to rehab. He goes to rehab. He's getting clean. He's confiding things about his youth. His dad was terrible he's got tinnitus as well in his in his ears it might affect him in the future Allie ends up getting SNL and then she's nominated for Grammys and then when she's accepting her Grammy award Jackson Maine he peepees his pantalone.
1: (laughs) it was like brown pee he's so dehydrated
0: (laughs) I think he was wearing brown pants I don't know
1: (laughs) Listen, it was like a yellow, dark brown. No.
0: Oh, that's when he's got to go to rehab. Sorry about that. He's basically, uh, everyone's doing damage control around her. She still loves her husband so much, but they know that he's terrible for her career. He gets out of rehab. She decides she's going to cancel her European tour to stay with him because she wanted him to tour with her, but her manager was like, hell no, peepee pants can't come. And then when he realizes that she's lying to him and she's canceling this for him, She goes to do a performance. He's back at home. He kills himself. They find him. She sings a song at the end that was written from his suicide note?
1: No, it wasn't a suicide note. Before he went to rehab, he wrote a love song about their relationship and how it got to that point
0: so she sings the song that he presented to her after his rehab that's her final song to him the movie ends with a close-up on her face and also an intimate moment of them singing together and then the movie's done he's dead she's a big star everyone's crying when the movie ended uh what did you hear in your theater lady (laughs) one
2: so much (laughs) sniffling all the sniffles just like everyone was
0: (laughs) yeah Pretty much.
2: It was awkward. Because it goes, no pun intended, dead quiet at the end. As soon as she stops singing. It
0: does. It's, it's, right. It's Silent. totally quiet. And then like the credits happen in silence.
2: Yeah. It's like mid sniffles for everyone. Oh, totally. And I think everyone was expecting like music to come on during the oh, credits yeah. and they'd be able to like sniff in silence and nope, uh-huh. nope. Like everybody heard.
0: Basically, it's like stew in this misery. <laughs> yeah. Cry in your raisinettes.
2: What? <laughs> Who has candy left at the end of a movie? Losers. I don't have that kind of willpower.
1: Or healthy people.
0: <laughs> so that was the movie. So we know that a lot of people work on a movie. Also, we liked this movie, I feel like. I feel like all three of us liked this movie very much.
2: Definitely. Yes. um.
0: So let's all go ahead and each say one thing that we really liked about this movie. We know that people work really hard on movies. Let's give them their due. What did you like about it? Lady Wan, go.
2: I liked a lot about this movie, but I think my favorite thing about it was just the quality of the performances from everyone, like top to bottom, big characters to little characters. I believed everyone. It felt so authentic and I really enjoyed all of that. Uh Everybody brought it. I thought it was great. Uh All the performances were top notch.
0: So, um, Torpedo, what's one thing you liked about this Star is Born remake?
2: Can I have two? Of course you can. Perfect. Didn't matter. I was
1: going to do two anyway. So, uh, yeah, I am a big Lady Gaga fan. I don't know. Have either of you watched the Gaga a documentary on Netflix? No, I haven't yet.
0: Now I want to.
1: Yeah, it basically digs into her life and her life is very similar to this movie and I read a little article like a couple articles um, earlier today and they were pretty much saying it matched up with the documentary that this movie a lot of the aspects that they put in were based off of her life. So things like, you know, when she was just working and then she was doing shows at drag bars. She basically acted like her own manager to book gigs for herself. When she would finally get these gigs and meet big time people, they told her she was too ugly. So the nose thing um, was a real life thing. Like her nose was too big. They told her. Her music was great, but she never had the look for... yeah hollywood like she would never make it because of that so she actually got signed by deaf jam records and then a couple of months later they dropped her when she got super famous then she got uh signed on by interscope and she was just kind of signed on there until akon was the one that found her and made her famous with her first single so her life was kind of similar you know she had her own music but in order for her to get to where she was she had to do what you know they wanted her to do um so she changed her look like you know Gaga's was weird she- She's a fucking weirdo. But they made her weirder than she actually was. Um, And then same thing for Bradley Cooper. Uh, Bradley Cooper, you know, he suffered with alcoholism and drugs and stuff. So he could pull that emotion from that as well. I guess I would say he hid his pretty well, though. Still, you know, experience is experience. So when it's... Something close to you, of course, you're gonna feel it more when you're acting. Um, so I really liked they were based off of their life experience for this movie. Second thing was the music. I love the music. I have been listening to that soundtrack nonstop since I saw the movie. And I cry. And then I sing in the car like and pretend I'm like Whitney, like kinda like that. And then if I mess up, I start the song over again.
0: Alright, let me see. After watching all of them and then watching this one, I thought this one did intimate moments so well. I thought it Bradley Cooper had a way of making every moment moment feel urgent, tender, just present. I don't know. The film is just so much more tender, I feel like, than any of the other ones. And I feel like he did a really good job of just portraying emotion intimately. Such small moments from when they first caught eyes, when he ran his finger down her nose. He had a way of making even a stadium performance feel Like you were right there intimately with himself and Allie. I was very impressed with his first time directing in total, really. Now that we got that out of the way, I think maybe it's time to fix this movie. Tell me something girl. Why don't you give us your first fix, Lady Wan?
2: Okay. I'm prepared for absolutely no one to be on board with my first fix. Here we go. It's okay. I don't mind. Not everybody has to support this, but I had an issue after the movie was over as I was reflecting upon it, and um, I think it's kind of odd that she sings lovey and rose in the drag club on friday night if i'm at a drag club on friday night and i'm just watching drag queens perform songs and they're all lip syncing but then someone comes out and they sing like a really sad slow old french song that's kind of like killing my vibe i understand there's a reason behind it i know that bradley cooper saw her sing this song at a fundraiser and was like she's the one this is perfect this song is so beautiful and i have to do this and i love the song lovey and rose is one of my mom's favorite songs so i love it but it just didn't feel like that would convince me of someone's amazing talent to be like a superstar from seeing them do that and when you see kind of the other movies they're they're really like commanding the room they're in they're like doing a whole performance a whole song and dance and she's just kind of like stomping around crushing the vocals but it just didn't seem like enough to me so I would have changed the song that she does there and I would have wanted her to sing an actual kind of appropriate drag queen song and I'd want her to sing a real queen song she named herself lady gaga after a queen song so it would be a nice little wink to who's in this movie and if she was singing and, like, crushing the vocals that Freddie Mercury would do, I think that would make a much more impactful first performance for her. So I feel like I want her to sing I Want It All in that drag club.
0: Queen is cool. I, I actually had, it when so like, a little light bulb went off in my head. Since La Vie and Rose had that kind of, like, sexy, sultry quality, and they had that moment on the bar when they caught eyes, and it was that whole, like, they even did like a they made like a big deal about the eye contact I feel like maybe Queen's um, Somebody to Love
2: I thought about that one too yeah
0: yeah and maybe when she lays in the box she's like Somebody to love and like during that part they like they catch eyes right there that might have been a good like a good use of of Queen Tell me something girl Torpedo did you come here just to uh throw in little little weird quips or do you actually have a fix and actually I'm sorry for saying that I feel like I think you secretly own the building so I'm just gonna be really nice how about your first fix uh Torpedo I brought
1: wine too so there's that yeah you definitely (laughs) live here I (laughs) did I brought it. You didn't bring there's... it. It was here
0: already. I saw it.
1: <laughs> I don't like to go anywhere empty handed. So I stock everywhere that I am. <laughs>
0: Every place you go there's a bottle <laughs> hidden.
1: Not just one. All right. What, Jackson,
0: Maine over here.
1: <laughs> anyway, so my first fix, it's not very specific. I apologize. But they spent the first hour and 20 minutes building this relationship. Um, so everything before she became this mega superstar. And they did it slowly. All the details were there, which made it great. I feel like after a certain point, like once she hit those like dance rehearsals and everything like that, they sped everything up. Like within maybe a 20 minute span, it went from Agent, SNL to Grammy. And they didn't show how the relationship was during that process, which I think in real life is bigger than building the relationship. Because relationships are always easier in the beginning. It's after you know, you go through shit that you decide on you know, how you fix things or how to deal with things and that kind of stuff.
0: So what kind of relationship hardships would you want to see them go through during that long kind of period of the movie where an unspecific amount of time is passing but obviously it's after the honeymoon period what kind of things would you want to see them go through
1: I think it's you know pretty common sense that when you become a huge pop star there are a lot of things that you know the industry wants to change about you they want to change your look they want to change how you sing or how you act your persona like they basically want to change you in order to get you big so in the movie she just kind of agreed to everything and i don't think that's how it is in real life i think her dad would have been involved more in her decision making family and then also jackson so
0: do, do you feel like she would have had to deal with some of the temptations and some of the troubles of being famous in the 1976 version our main character not the woman but the male uh, cheats on barbara streisand's character esther uh do you feel like in this one we could have had a scene where maybe Maybe it's Allie that cheats or...
1: I do. I actually thought that she was going to cheat on Jack with her agent at one point.
0: So, yeah, so did I actually. Yeah, it was a little safe, right? Like the, the movie kind of played it safe. She was pretty good the whole time. He was a, like a gentleman and he was very nice to her. He just had this problem with alcohol and with drugs, you know?
1: In the very beginning when they were at the uh, grocery store or whatever, when he was buying this piece for her, you know, she mentioned a couple times, she's like, how do you do it? How do you deal with these people around you all the time? So I thought they were going to backtrack on that for when she got famous, but they never did.
0: Oh my God, you are a screen fixer right now. Yes, yes you're right. <laughs> she said, how do you deal with it? There should have been scenes where she doesn't know how to deal with it, but maybe she remembers the lessons yeah, or something like that. That's that's good.
2: Tell me something, boy.
0: Does anybody want to know uh, what I have to say? Or uh...
1: Nope. Um, do we have to? I'd like
2: to hear Lady Wan speak because I love her. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) you can
0: start your own lady pod okay
2: that's not a terrible idea yeah i mean let's do it
0: i'm here for the female demographic they listen for this these berry white boy pipes
2: (laughs) i think i have a lower voice than you
0: (laughs) yeah but that's from years of damage (laughs)
2: That is years of awesome. Okay, fine. Go ahead. JC, what's your first fix?
0: So glad you asked. Thank you very much. Okay, there was one sequence in this movie to me that just seemed to come out of nowhere, and it was jarring. And it made me think right back to this moment. Right after Donald Trump was elected... Oh, political! Oh, my God. We just lost five... No, right after Donald Trump was elected, Dave Chappelle was the first host on SNL after that, and he gave a monologue. During his monologue, he mentioned being at the Obama White House for this event. And everybody in there was black except for Brad the Cooper for some reason. (laughs) But now I'm thinking back and I'm like, wait a minute, at that at that event, did Bradley Cooper approach Dave Chappelle and ask him to be in the movie and tell him that, oh yeah, just be in my movie, please. I'll just write in a part for you. Because that's how this felt. It's a section in the middle of the film that feels shoehorned in and it involves Dave Chappelle. So Dave Chappelle is supposedly a childhood friend of his. He's back in his hometown. Jackson Maine drinks too much and ends up in his bushes. Yeah feel like we've done this before they take him inside the house Chappelle is a family and kids and all that he misses Allie's show and Allie doesn't know where he is and basically Allie flies all the way there and tells jackson main i'm not going to do this again and then they're eating breakfast and Chappelle and family basically pressure them into getting married right then and there mm-hmm and there's this really rushed wedding scene. And I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with this family? They just plucked him out of the bushes. <laughs> and they're going to make this like nice up and coming pop star girl marry this guy. Like, what? what is this scene? And then there's a whole wedding scene and they do it at this church. And when I was watching that sequence, the whole felt off and it felt shoehorned in it didn't feel consistent with what any normal person would do Uh, I haven't been introduced to Chappelle's character at all in this film he's just kind of there and then he's gone And it was the one sequence in the film that felt strange and weak and off.
1: And his name was Noodles.
0: George Noodles Stone. (laughs) And that actually leads me to my actual fix here. Make him a part of his band. Put him in the movie. So my fix is to make Chappelle a band member and still his childhood friend. Maybe he's the only one in the band who's known him since before the fame. Besides his brother, who is his road manager. Maybe his brother is the one trying to keep him on the straight and narrow and Chappelle or noodles, is the one who kind of allows and enables his behavior. Maybe Chappelle is at odds with the brother, but he stays because Jackson Maine wants him there. Chappelle could basically be like the Gary Busey character in the 1976 version, Mm. who was in the band with him, constantly trying to get him to the next gig or the next recording thing, but never really yelling at him and definitely giving him alcohol and drugs, keeping him afloat to the next gig while not really trying to help him. And that would give us a little insight into his band, because I never once in the movie see him speak to another band member
1: no he just like takes a shot with one Mm -hmm.
0: so i feel like that would really improve Chappelle's character and they can still have that rock bottom moment and the marriage but you know make it make sense within the film and within the the character dave Chappelle's character of course dave Chappelle would ask them to get married he's kind of his party companion enabler type
2: good boom
0: tell me something girl So, Lady One, do you have another fix for us?
2: I sure do. I have no idea how long this movie takes. From when he does that first show and meets her in the bar to (laughs) when this ends. Is it like three months? A year? Three years? I literally have no clue how long this movie took.
0: It's funny that the movie feels like a, a month.
2: Yeah, it feels super fast. I mean, it was kind of super fast. The very
1: next day that she sang that song in the parking lot, she flew out right and sang the the song on stage. Like in his drunken state in the parking lot, he remembered every word that she sang in the parking lot. Right. Yeah, and the then next Berta day an, an arrangement.
0: He somehow had the time to write an arrangement.
2: And then got drunk again and still remember it? Holy shit. And had
0: his bandmates learn it too?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I really needed something throughout the movie to show the passage of time so that I would have some sense of how long they've been together, how long they've known each other. Like, like, give me something here. How long has she known this manager? Like, did they have like a long-term working relationship now? I need to know why people are behaving the way they are with each other. So I need something. And uh, Bradley Cooper said he intentionally didn't include any montage of Allie rising to fame, which is in the other movies. He said that he felt that the idea of seeing her get the SNL season finale would signify to the audience just how big she's become. But, like, to be honest, like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, to do the SNL season finale, I assume that you're, you've got a hit song, but, like, I don't know. That's not, like, a milestone for me to understand where she's at fame-wise and how long she's been working at this. So, I would have liked... For the events that do happen in the movie, at least give me some clues as to time passing at all. Like, you need to tell me some time has passed. So I thought maybe when he does that corporate gig in Memphis, like, maybe that could be that (laughs) pharmaceutical companies christmas party that he's playing maybe at some point she sings her song on a float in the macy's thanksgiving day parade tie some of the milestone achievements on her end or kind of like bummer gigs on his end to actual periods of time throughout the year so that i can tell how long things have been going on because it just makes it really hard to be invested in a love story if like i don't know if they've been together six months like i can't tell i really can't tell
1: yeah like backtrack to like my first fix it was kind of like that first hour of the movie felt like a tops a month yeah and then the the next half of the movie felt like four years like you couldn't tell it off. yeah
2: there's no way of knowing and I don't feel like that dog got a whole lot bigger so like that would have helped <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> god it was so fluffy was so fluffy like the <laughs> fluffiest dog ever oh my god that dog's so cute oh my god I want to hug it <laughs> oh charlie Oh.
0: Next time uh, we come into the studio, you both are going to be bringing Labradoodles <laughs> along with Charlotte, the farting maniac Aww. dog.
2: She's so cute, though.
0: I'm so, I'm so glad she's not here today, though, because my, my nostrils needed a break. <laughs> Tell me something, girl. Do you have a second fix for us, Torpedo?
1: Duh. It's my second. <laughs> what <was>
0: that? <laughs> my God. Just because you own the studio. <laughs>
1: I didn't say that I own it. I said, what if?
0: I feel like you do, though. It's the only excuse. It's the only reason.
1: Uh, The other excuse was you thought I was a bum, so... uh...
0: (laughs) Lady One, have you ever seen Torpedo's actual house? (laughs) No. Neither have I, so...
1: One day. One day.
0: But from the Crazy Rich Asians (laughs) episode, we do know that there is some Asian mafia stuff going on, so I don't know if I ever want to go to her house.
1: Felix will protect you. (laughs) Feel it. What a Felix. <laughs> anyway, my second fix, the tinnitus, they made it seem like it was going to be something bigger.
0: Wait a minute. I usually say this, but maybe this week, are you saying that you're going to change this whole movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. I am. I am. I am going to change this whole movie. So I want to make... The tinnitus, the big deal, not the alcoholism, not the drugs. I want Jack to realize that instead of ignoring the tinnitus, he's going to accept it. So in my fix, he retires, but because he loves his wife so much, he is going to do whatever he can to get her to the top. He wants her to be the biggest pop star. He wants her to win these Grammys, to win all the other awards. And he slowly starts turning her to people, basically what happened to her, that made all the decisions for her she's slowly selling out she's turning into this person that's taking other people's lyrics she's singing about men's asses and not (laughs) like true love anymore and you know she's not playing the piano she's auto-tuning things and she gets to where he wants her to be but in the wrong way so the reason that he kills himself is because he sees that he changes her so much that she's not the person that he fell in love with in the beginning boom
0: Tell me something, boy.
2: What's your fix?
0: All right. So anyway, aside from oh, drinking game.
2: Pass that Tito's.
0: Everyone, take a shot. There you go, Tito's. No,
2: not Tito's.
0: Here. All right, fine. What's well? The Jack Daniels is empty. What's the oh? The Patron. The Baker's Mark is behind the TV. Patron. There's more behind the TV. Oh, here we go.
1: Mine. Salute. Salute. Give me that.
0: Okay. Screen fix drinking game. In conclusion- If you don't know about this, apparently I say so anyway all the time, and I'm trying to break myself of this habit. Aside from constantly assuring Allie that she's beautiful and she's talented, uh, there isn't many scenes in this movie of a real connection and and a real opening up between Jack and Allie. She almost seems to stay with him out of an obligation to what he's done for her rather than a real understanding of who he is as a man. Mm -hmm. Some of this is his fault too. He does not open up to her. He opens up to his therapist, when he tells him about when he tried to kill himself, and his dad did not even notice that he tried to hang himself on a fan, and the fan stayed there for a month. He has a deep-rooted argument with his brother, unearthing all kinds of past grudges and hard feelings, where they punch each other and the brother quits. You know, but this is something that she overhears. Like, he doesn't confide this in, in her. She knows that he's troubled, right? She never really digs deep into why. She makes excuses for his behavior, like when he falls down and she's like oh it's no biggie uh he he always does this it doesn't get very deep it's like the dr phil therapy where dr phil just asks why do you think you do that and he never is like what happened to you when you were young that made you this way? Like he never digs there. And this is kind of there. This it's everything is like Dr. Phil's like superficial level. They're not very deep or very honest with each other at the end. Even she, she lies to him about the reasons for the European trip being canceled. They're not even close enough to be able to tell the truth to each other. She even finds out secondhand from the brother about how Jackson felt about her own music, which is a great scene. It's- All any artist can offer the world. Is how they see those 12 notes. That's it. (laughs) He loved how you see them. But at the same time, you would wish they would have shared that kind of moment. There's a superficiality to the relationship. It's like everything's good as long as we don't dig too deep. So I took that same tinnitus plot device that you had a problem with, and I'm gonna make it a way that these two characters can reach deeper. Are you taking a nap, Lady Wan? Am I my my boring <laughs> you on our own podcast?
1: <laughs> it's just trying to get comfortable. There's a blanket on the left. It's really comfortable. Amazon purchase twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs>
0: Hey, Super, can we get some more comfortable chairs in here?
1: (laughs) What? I'll have to look into it.
0: Anyway... (laughs) Uh, Again, everything is good as long as they don't dig too deep. His tinnitus that he's struggling with should have come from a trauma. Not just playing loud music for years and years. I feel like his tinnitus should have come from a real childhood trauma involving his dad. I thought either his dad shooting a gun too close to his ear when he was drunk or as a kid, his father making him use like heavy farm machinery at this ranch. But anyway, that was a but anyway. That wasn't a so anyway.
2: So like half a shot? Duh.
0: Oh, God.
2: I'm going to need you to kill that Tito's. (laughs) I I can handle that one. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Uh,
0: So um, (laughs) this tinnitus was introduced into the movie as an important plot point. Like the brother approaches him and is angry that he will not put these hearing aids in his ears. But it goes nowhere in this movie. Have the tinnitus be the reason he can't play anymore. And that's where he falls off for the last time. But make this the one thing that he confides and talks to Allie about, the childhood trauma, the fear of losing his hearing so he can't hear her voice anymore.
1: Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Like, again.
0: It would give more depth to their relationship and be a more of a reason why she stays with him, why he commits suicide, why he's so traumatized. A star is born.
1: So, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think that the reason that they didn't get into these in depth conversations and details about their past, when Bradley Cooper wanted to make this movie, his sole point was to show the audience how much they loved each other. So behind every decision that they have, the reason was love. He killed himself for love. She lied to him at the end because she loved him and was doing everything for him. They were doing everything for each other. So if they strayed from that, they would have added another 30, 40, 50 minutes to the movie.
0: But I need to know why on a deeper level they love each other other than, I think you sing really well and you're pretty. And oh, and you got me my start in the industry.
1: Listen, I cried enough. I cried three times. I don't want to cry more than that. I'm a tough girl.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Do you have any final thought, Lady Juan? laid on me.
2: I do, actually. It's kind of related to what your last fix was, even though I agree with that fix that That there could be more depth to their relationship. There could be more uh, emotion there that we actually get to see play out. We know so much more about the male star in this movie than any of the other ones.
0: Oh, for sure. I almost want to say Jackson Maine has more screen time.
2: I mean, I definitely feel like I know more about that character than I do about Allie. I don't even know Allie's last name until it became Allie Maine.
0: You're right. And it was never said actually.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting and I I don't want to say I have a problem with it because watching the other ones, the male star who's like burned out is just kind of a mess and not likable in most of them and you're just sort of like I don't know why she's putting up with that guy. And here at least you see why he has these problems and you hear about his trauma and you really understand why he's struggling. I guess that's refreshing to add that additional layer to the story but it also is like, oh hey yeah, the guy playing that part wrote and directed it so yeah his part's real juicy so good for him i guess <laughs> it's interesting
0: Uh and he definitely made jackson Maine a much more sympathetic character than a lot of the other versions mm-hmm. yeah this is the first one where definitely the male is much more of a focal point mm-hmm. you're absolutely right um do you have a final thought torpedo
1: um <laughs> why do you laugh at me
0: because you were born with that voice
1: i wasn't Ah. <laughs> I mean, was, my voice didn't get raspy until like three years ago like maybe four and what did I, you do to it i don't i don't know i woke up one day and it was gone <laughs> like.
0: it never came back
1: <laughs> and then it, ne- it came but it used to come back i used to have like a high-pitched like squeaky bubbly shit and then i was like
0: and now you're just full-time aquafina
1: hell <laughs> yeah can i just meet aquafina i just want to meet you <laughs>
0: You know what? That has just become a mission of this podcast. Oh my God. Aquafina must meet torpedo. We need to make it happen. They're both Asian. They have the same voice, Aquafina <laughs> and torpedo. Let's make it happen. Whoever is out there listening, it's a bunch of you now. I know there's a bunch of you now. I see you. I see your downloads. I see, uh, <laughs> Someone out there knows somebody. Let's make this happen.
1: Can I just rap with you? I just want to rap with you and maybe like sing maybe a Disney song and then be just ourselves and get like food. Anyway. Okay. Final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. I don't know. I just really like this movie. I would like to watch it again. It's the first movie I've actually watched in the movie theater that I can say that I've that I really liked in a
0: long time. All right. So... I guess, if no one has anything else, we should consider this film Screen Fix.
1: I think we all harmonized really well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is uh, apropos, because this was a musical. Why don't you send us home, Lady One?
2: If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet us or follow us on Instagram at screenfixpod, and we're also on Facebook. Just search for ScreenFix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Libsyn, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a rating and leave a review and tell a friend.
0: We also have a Patreon account. Donate to the show. Be part of the show. We got a bunch of tiers. Maybe we'll send you a hat or something. I don't know. I haven't looked at the tiers in a while. I need to update those (laughs) tiers. Anyway, but, you know, we do have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting, film festivals, movie marathons, all kind of fun stuff. You can have a year pass. I'm telling you here. You got to email me directly, making all kinds of promises that I can't keep just to get downloads. Why don't we send us all home with... Here we go. We're all going to sing it together. It's going to be her terrible pop song. I agreed with Jackson, with Jack, when he was kind of ripping on her in that bathtub. This song is embarrassing.
1: Yeah, the only thing, that, yeah, he didn't have to call her ugly, but, you know, that was a terrible fucking song. Alright,
0: ready? So let's play it. Let's sing along to it. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Mmm. Mmm. Why, Why do you look so good in those jeans? jeans? Why, Why do you, you come, come around, around me with an ass like ass? that guy? you make it all the thoughts of scenes. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So ridiculous.
0: <laughs> we
1: should start a band.
0: If it's that easy, sure.
1: <laughs> I'll take care of yeah. the alcohol problem part. Yeah. yeah.
0: Next week, we are going to be fixing Halloween, the remake. Say goodbye. Torpedo, thank you so much for your guest appearance.
1: No problem. Thank you, Torpedo. Guest star. Guest All star.
0: Right. And bye <laughs> every guest star, you conceited son of a bitch. Yes. Yeah.